Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Jay Mason. Welcome once again to another new episode of Beyond the Album Cover. Right now, I want to take this time out to say thank you to everyone that's been tuning in to the previous podcast, liking the videos via Instagram and the show posts on the official show page on Facebook. I'll give you the link to that along with where you can hear this podcast right after the show. So the album we're going to be dissecting today is a classic within the music industry. New Edition's Heartbreak album, and it was released in 1988. So if you happen to have that album cover on you, I want you to take it out and compare it to other New Edition album covers. Look at how mature they look with their suits, have two cars flanked by their side, overlooking a beautiful night skyline. The look on that album cover says to me that we're no longer teenagers and want our image and musical sound to reflect our growth. So in order to get that growth, they ended up working with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who in 1986 masterminded Janet's transition into mega superstar with the Control album. But in 1985, New Edition was a whole different story. The All For Love album was released, and also within that same year, Bobby Brown was voted out of the group, and then three years later became a mega star in his own right through the release of Don't Be Cruel, which also came out on the very same day Heartbreak was released. And that trajectory of Bobby's career will be in full detail in September, two nights through the Bobby Brown story, which will air on BET. And in 1986, New Edition released the 1950s cover album, Under the Blue Moon, which spawned the minor hit cover of the Penguins doo-wop classic, Earth Angel. And the one thing that I liked about the Heartbreak album was that Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were able to take concepts based on prior conversations with the guys before recording or just any little activity with them, just taking bits and pieces and making them into full songs and they told stories within those songs. And what I really felt solidified that transition to adulthood was the introduction of Washington DC based singer Johnny Gill, who was a solo artist in his own right, releasing solo albums via the Cotillion record label and recording a duet with fellow DC native Stacey Ladisaw. So when Michael Bivens brought Johnny in, everybody thought it was a no brainer. But as we saw in the new edition story, there was tension there, but once the tension got smoothed over, they went ahead to create a classic R&B album, which set the stage for every male R&B group that came out after New Edition. That's the way we live in reflected their life on stage and off stage, and how working hard on stage pretty much led to them being where they are, some 30 plus years in the business. And if you go back and listen to The Pleasure Principle by Janet Jackson, and that's the way we live in, you can hear similarities within the melodies in that record. Where it all started from, hard-hitting crunching number. New Edition staking their claim saying that, hey, it all started with us. So all you new groups that's coming after us, pay homage to us. And in some ways, could kind of be like a subliminal jab at New Kids on the Block. But when I interviewed Danny Wood, he said it was nothing but love and respect for New Edition since they were cut from the same cloth New Edition discovered by Maurice Starr. New Kids put together by Maurice Starr. So that link between the two groups will always be there. Then the standout track, If It Isn't Love, 
What really brought it home for me was the video. It showcased Brooke Payne's choreography, which is classic 60s, 70s male R&B groups. So Temptations, Shy Lights, Stylistics, OJs, Whispers. Brooke Payne came from that school. And you could tell in the video that he worked those guys hard. And it's not easy to learn a routine like that. Even Beyonce had to pay homage to New Edition. And she did so with the Love on Top video, which pretty much was inspired by the If It Isn't Love video. And also a lot of people don't know that towards the end of the If It Isn't Love video, it served as a segue into You're Not My Kind of Girl. And the one thing you don't really hear on albums a lot anymore are skits. And Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis put skits in between songs on the album to really give you that bird's eye view, that fly on the wall feel of what it would actually be like to be in the flight time recording studio while doing the heartbreak sessions. Because they came from the school of Prince and Prince had the mindset of Make people feel like they're in a space where they can be able to hear what it is that you're doing when you're recording records. And this was pre-music video, so you really had to use your imagination. So any heartbreak was just talking about their times being young men on the road, dealing with girls, each guy telling their own story of heartbreak, not being able to get her. And then Mike at the end with his line. That ended up leading to the track Crucial. Strong up-tempo dance number produced by Jellybean Johnson, drummer of the time. He went and produced Black Cat for Janet Jackson and was featured on pretty much almost every Jam Lewis collaboration. Also, Monty Moore also featured on a lot of Jam Lewis collaborations as well. And there was no video released for Crucial, but it was heavily played on radio and was a strong number within their set list on the Heartbreak Tour. Then as we go over to side two, You're Not My Kind of Girl. Once again, it really showed how tight New Edition stage choreography was and still is with Ronnie being the anchor since he is Brooke Payne's nephew. So he is the onstage persona of Brooke, the representation, Ralph's lead vocals, Mike and Ricky with the ad-libs and the steps. And then we finally get to hear what Johnny can do vocally. And I thought it was smart that Jimmy and Terry didn't really put Johnny in right away on a lot of the songs and just gradually built him into the record. Because once again, it's about telling a story. So the first half of the album, I think, symbolized New Edition when they were a four-piece. Because if you listen closely to the If It Is In Love song, Johnny wasn't really featured on backing vocals on there. And it was done once again to slowly build Johnny in. But by the time You're Not My Kind of Girl came around, you can hear that baritone just come in strong and you can finally get in your head and say, oh, I see where they're going and I see why it was important for them to bring him in. But Can You Stand the Rain was really where I think Johnny vocally shined and you got to see 
what him and Ralph vocally could do together when getting the right material and the right producers to get those two voices to mesh. Ralph's smooth and crisp tenor to go with Johnny's rough, gruff baritone, which to me brings to mind of Alexander O'Neill, which is another reason I think why Jam and Lewis found it easy to work with him since Johnny and Alex's vocal similarities. And Ricky's part in the middle served as a perfect bridge between Ralph and Johnny's vocals in that record. And I was glad Ricky was able to finally get his shine when Bell Biff DeVoe popped off just two years later with the Poison album. Mike had his little ad lib, and then from King Stand the Rain, we went into Competition. And Competition was a song that I think kind of talked about how they felt once Bobby left and how various people were trying to pit them against each other. But it was all a win-win for the New Edition family. The Heartbreak album was a success. Don't Be Cruel, monster success, top-selling album of 1989. And they were both on the Heartbreak tour together with Bobby and Keith Sweat. I'll be sure serving as opening acts, new edition headliner. So it's all the win in the new edition family tree. And the standout ballad on the album, along with Can't Stand the Rain, I'm Coming Home, tells the story of coming home off tour and wanting to be with that special someone that you love. Rouse, clear tenor shines through, great background vocals by the rest of the fellas. And it leads to, to me, the crowning achievement on the album, Boys to Men. Now, we all know the story. Johnny wasn't really too much of a fan of that record because he wanted a song like A King Stand the Rain to showcase his vocal prowess by himself. So he reluctantly did it. And while it wasn't released as a single, still a classic song. And it helped inspire a group of kids out of Philadelphia that wanted to get into the music business. And you might have heard of them. Nate, Mike, Sean, and Wanye. Better known as Boys to Men. They got their name from that song. And Michael Bivens discovered them via Power Jam, which was a big concert out in Philadelphia through a Philadelphia radio station. Snuck backstage, same for Michael Bivens. And the rest, as they say, is history. Now, I do want to acknowledge Super Lady, a cut that was only released on the CD and the vinyl versions of the Heartbreak album. Very good track, but I still don't see why it was only released on two versions of the album and not on the cassette version as well. So Heartbreak became a big album for New Edition, If It Isn't Love, a crossover hit, top 10 pop. Number two on the R&B charts, that song was kept out the number one spot by their former bandmate, Bobby Brown, Don't Be Cruel. And as I stated earlier, the Heartbreak Tour was a success. And it led to New Edition thinking about, hey, what can we do once this album dies down? So Johnny went back to recording a solo record. He went over to Motown when Gerald Busby left MCA to go over to Motown 
everybody else was contractually obligated to record material on MCA because little do you know that if you're a group and if you sign a recorded contract to a label, they have what is called right of first refusal. So if anybody is the group to put out a solo record, they can have the option to have rights of first refusal to record you on that solo album. So that's why Bobby's album, Ralph's album, and BBD's album were all released via MCA. So it's at the stage for everybody else to split off and do their own thing. So Ralph's solo album came out. Johnny's solo album came out. But the biggest surprise out of the New Edition camp was BBD. And BBD was suggested by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis to Ronnie, Ricky, and Mike via a tour in the tour party for the Heartbreak album. And when Poison came out, it took everyone by surprise. Big pop hit. Album was a crossover hit. And Poison is still getting played to this day. So somewhere, they're still counting the money. So it's Coogee Rap, whose vocals were sampled for Poison off the song Poison by Coogee Rap and DJ Polo. So I say that this album is so important because it inspired countless male R&B groups that came after them. Jagged Edge even paid homage to the album, naming their sophomore album J.E. Heartbreak. Beyonce, the Love on Top video. And it just goes to show you how much of a dynamite group New Edition still is to where every last one of them can still tour individually, make money, and they're still impacted in the music industry to this day, if it wasn't for them, no new kids, no Backstreet Boys, no NSYNC, 98 Degrees, none of those boy bands. And to me, New Edition is our generation's version of the Temptations, of the OJs. Those groups that can still stand the test of time, span generations. And through the New Edition story, we have younger fans now that's wanting to go back and listen to their parents or aunts or uncles' old New Edition records, group and solo, and take in the good music, the good images that they portray, and keep on the legacy that was started all those years ago in Boston, Massachusetts. So I just want to send a big salute to Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, Mike, Ralph, and Johnny. For their impact that they've made in the music industry. Also shout out to Brooke Payne. For his will, determination, his vision, his steps. And for helping make New Edition what they are. And for our next episode of Beyond the Album Cover. We are going to dive into an album by an underrated group. Out of Pasadena, California. Troop. We're going to go on to their Attitude album. So that'll be next week. So once again, thank you guys for tuning in. If you like what you hear, you can listen to the podcast via Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Breaker, Radio Public, Anchor, and Spotify. Go to Facebook.com, Facebook slash Beyond the Album Cover. Like the show page, follow, tell a friend, get updated with all things to the show. And I look forward to hearing from you guys soon. Keep those records spinning. 
and don't stop believing. Talk to you later. Peace.